Faces come and go and I'm forever grateful Come and tell me long and slow Exactly what I wait for Better times, yeah, better times Somehow I don't believe it I built a house up long ago Just to up and leave it All right, it's Wednesday night, and for the last four years, my Wednesdays, when it's in the spring or summer, well, basically when it's not bird hunting season, um, I go to spend time with my buddy John Zeman, either at his place in Zimmerman, Minnesota, where he's got some acreage to run dogs, and it's normally when it's a little warmer, like it is tonight. We're at John's house. And when it's not so warm, we run dogs up at Four Brooks Wildlife Management Area, which yep. is a little bit of a gem, which we'll, we'll talk about um, how important that is to dog handlers and, and bird hunters in, in Minnesota. Um, and so tonight, uh, we've got a group gathering for our Wednesday evening dog training session it's uh uh the last day of may heading into june and it's a steamy one out there Um, 90 i have 91 degrees on my way over um but i'm gonna take a little bit different format we're gonna uh, i'm gonna start off this conversation with john who we're sitting at his kitchen table right now looking out into the backyard as people gather with their dogs and then we're going to do a, a bit of a lightning round with the uh, Wednesday night dog training group. I'm reading a book right now, the Thursday Murder Club. Okay, <laughs> okay. And it's a it's a group of uh, octogenarians, eighty year olds who uh, like try to solve murders. <laughs> this is go. a little different than that, but <laughs> this is uh, Wednesday night pigeon murders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, the voice you hear is the one and only John Zeman. You, uh, you were, I think, episode three, very early on in On the Wing podcast history. Uh, you were kind enough to invite me to spend a, a trip to Montana uh, with right. you. Uh, we slept in your horse trailer. We went hunting on your horses. And we recorded a podcast when it was a little too hot one afternoon oh, to be yeah. chasing that dogs around. A few years ago. But that was a uh, Montana. incredible memory. Uh, bird hunting, Sharpies and Huns on horseback in Montana. And um, it's something I'll never forget. And you get to do that every, pretty much, uh, well, for sure, every fall you go to Montana. It's, and you've been going other places, too. It's been a regular thing. Yeah. That's one of my highlights of my fall is doing it off a horseback yeah yeah so for folks that didn't hear episode three way back when tell us a little bit about the man the myth the legend (laughs) (laughs) john c here we go (laughs) yeah you grew up here in uh zimmerman area well i grew up in plymouth which is that's right you did minneapolis went to school and it wasn't long after I graduated and was went into construction and, and making a few dollars. And the first thing I did was save my money to, to uh, purchase some acreage up here. And I've been, it's been 40 years wow. since, uh, since we've moved up here. 
you know, a hobby farm, 10 acres, and, and uh, yeah, I had to get out of town somewhere I can <laughs> raise critters, dogs, horses, <laughs> birds, and, and uh, have a place that, uh, yeah, I can enjoy them all. And pretty early on, you fell in love with bird dogs, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I recall, I think your dad it was a bird hunter kind of introduced yeah. you, right? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> as a youngster, you know, got, yeah, introduced to hunting. And, and I remember going bird hunting, going pheasant hunting with my uncles and my cousins mm. who um, were from southern Minnesota. So we we went down there each fall, mm. you know, for a number of years. And at that time, didn't have dogs. I think they they had a few dogs. I remember an, an Irish setter and uh and maybe some labs at that time and but um and uh yeah when i was 15 years old you know i found an ad in the paper and uh bought a short hair puppy right out of the paper hmm. and uh you know still living at home but um and that was my that was my introduction to it and that dog got ran every single day pretty much hmm. in the in the fields in the suburbs and northwestern you know the metro area of minneapolis when there was still and there was plentiful pheasants to be found and and uh, and i just was fascinated by watching a dog run mm -hmm. and, and that dog learned how to hunt because like i say she was run almost every evening mm -hmm. and uh yeah no that was and at that time, I got introduced to the um, world of field trial, and uh, the owner of the sire of that dog, uh, I met at a field trial, and, and uh, he's uh, the fellow that I consider my mentor that mm -hmm. kind of got me introduced to what he said was the right way to do it, and and I still believe he, you know, he was on to something there. He That sire at at that time was um was just coming into his own and uh, began doing some winning and became a three-time national field champion hmm. shortly after that litter had whelped that i had gotten those those dogs from and uh, became a uh, relatively noteworthy sire at the time and uh and what was that dog's name? Uh, Boss Ranger, Amertal's Boss Ranger, hmm. owned and and handled by uh, amateur uh, Gary Nearing hmm. at that time. And uh, yeah, he, you know, he did it uh, by himself. Uh, I don't believe that dog was ever touched by a professional trainer, but hmm. he was on the road. Um, with uh, one dog and, and going out and, and, you know, happened to win a, mm. a few, you know, noteworthy trials. So, And, and I, I remember that story, and I always think that's kind of, that story is so deep in you, and you're a pay-it-forward kind mm. of person, which has brought me to, you know, do a podcast on Wednesday Night Dog Club, right? Because right? <laughs> you're... You don't consider yourself a professional trainer. No. You're, you, you own a construction business yeah. with your with your brothers, 
but you have a wealth of knowledge and there's something about this that is is part of who you are what you know we're four years in and wednesday nights are pretty much (laughs) devoted to the group of people we're going to meet tonight in their dogs why i guess i'll leave it there why I, I enjoy doing it. I, you know, you really get a sense of some satisfaction when when you can help somebody achieve some of the same enjoyment that you get out of, you know, training your own dog. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, yeah, that's, I, I, I truly enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, uh, there is a sense of I had help and really appreciate it i don't know what i would have done had i not had help at that time when Mm. i was just getting started and um yeah i think there's something to that that you know it's i i want to do the same thing Mm -hmm. and uh you know there's i just think there's really something special about relationship between you know the human being and their dogs Mm -hmm. and uh I've struggled to try to put in words why why that is, but it's it um, it's something special. It's just you know you're creating a partnership between mm-hmm. a man and an animal, and that or a woman and animal, and a woman, yeah, yeah, and and their and their dog, um, and uh, that's essentially what we're doing on Wednesday nights. We're developing you know a team, a relationship, a partnership Mm -hmm. between people and their dogs and uh, you know when it really clicks you know I've I've been uh, fortunate to be able to experience it with my own dogs Mm -hmm. where you know there's a point where the dog realizes that and and truly becomes a partner with you Mm -hmm. they get what they what they want out of the deal and essentially you know, it's all about birds to these dogs. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest thing in the world to them. <laughs> and, and these dogs, you know, the ultimate is to, you know, finally get the bird in their mouth. Mm-hmm. And they know they can't do it. They can't do it without you. And they learn how to, you know, work in partnership with you in order to, to get that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's essentially what we're, we're trying to teach these dogs and develop in them that um, you know they do their part in a certain way they get what they want and and we ultimately get what we want to and while you have some affinity towards different breeds it's a menagerie out there oh, yeah. and and you've you've also trained uh, a variety of different breeds right sure i've had you know and the pleasure of being able to work with a number of breeds myself. I've have owned a you know, handful of different breeds. I'm primarily, you know, consider a short hair guy because that's what that what I've had the most of. Mm-hmm. I've got a pointer in my kennel that I I dearly love right now. And it, it just it, won. What did what did uh, uh, Kane win just recently? He run. He won a uh, twenty dog derby stake in North it Dakota. Just, started to put it together that's pretty cool he's a two-year-old he just turned two years and um this was this was in minnesota um okay i was uh, thinking that one was in he he had just gotten back from uh, running in a couple of derby stakes in the 
North Dakota, which he went birdless. To, I mean, he ran well and everything, but just hadn't really started to put it together. Mm. Uh, but he he put it together and then some at this uh, mm. third. This is that was his third trial that he had run in, and and uh, so it, yeah, he's it, a lot of fun. People say you know they they connect you with short hairs because you're uh, you've been affiliated with. Minnesota Short Hair Group, yep. uh, Minnesota Field Trail Association. You're a judge with all sorts of different dog trialing groups, right? Sure. You know, I've trialed primarily AKC. There's mm -hmm. AKC and then there's American Field and there's there's different other venues, Nastra and, and such. But it's been primarily with the short hairs running AKC trials mm. locally starting, you know, in Minnesota, I managed to finish a couple of jogs as field champions, just hmm. uh, field trialing locally. I've always told everybody that, you know, I'm a pretty casual field trialer. Um, I'm not set up or really interested in going on the road and doing a, a bunch of traveling. Mm -hmm. I, I do it as a, something to keep me occupied in the spring. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody is, takes pride in their dogs, and if they think they've got something pretty special they want to show it mm. off and, that, and mm. be competitive and and you know and that's that's kind of what i've done with mine but i'm i'm not like i say i'm not all that interested in, in you know there's guys that um that do it every mm -hmm. opportunity they get and they're traveling five states away and and bouncing all over the country doing it but um it it does feel i mean you're certainly take great joy in seeing your dogs run well and mm -hmm. winning, but I can see <laughs> equal, if not greater satisfaction when somebody's dog out here does well, or, you know, I've been in the field with you in September, October, November, and somebody of the Wednesday night crew sends you a photo of their dog and some oh, yeah. success. That, yeah, that's as big a trophy for yeah. you as there is. Yeah, isn't really? It? Yeah. It, 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 it really gives me a lot of satisfaction to know that maybe I played a part in, you know, in their success and their enjoyment of, you know, seeing progress every, you know, it's great to hear these guys, hey, you know, I think a light bulb just, mm -hmm. you know, click. It seems to be working. Yeah. And, Including yeah, my dogs, yeah. you've helped, uh, you've, you've, uh, gun broke and bird introduction. I think my last three, oh, I, yeah. I, I believe I th yeah, for oh, sure. Gitchy and Esky. And I think you did, maybe it wasn't Izzy. Maybe, um, maybe those are the last two. Sure. I, my name's on a, on a litter this next spring. Oh, so wow. yeah. So count on the third coming. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, you know, that's part of what I've, I, I mean, I've got the resources. I have, you know, homing pigeons and I, and I trap pigeons and, and I've always got a handful of quail available. And that's, I mean, that's a big hurdle for most folks that, you know, mm -hmm. I, you know I've got plenty of that to share. Well, that's true. You got space, you got pigeons, you got horses, um, you you are gracious with your time and your knowledge more than you give yourself credit for because i mean literally every night for or every wednesday night for months you are here 
for a group of people. You accept no money. You simply do this out of the goodness of your heart. And you also have, you're not blowing smoke. You know, again, you, you would never categorize yourself as a professional dog trainer, but you know the basics and beyond that anybody needs to help improve uh, their bird dog's performance in the field. You know, a lot of that knowledge comes from just what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. I mean, every dog has their own little, you know, things going on that, Mm -hmm. you know, and the more I can help people work with their dogs, the more knowledge that I uh, acquire too. Yeah, I can see that. You know, we run across you know certain situations where i'm not sure what to do but we'll figure it out yeah. you know we experiment that's fun for you isn't a- it absolutely breaking down Just, a challenge yeah, or and helping somebody somebody else figure it out yeah i mentioned early on forbrooks mm-hmm. explain what forbrooks wildlife management area is and why that's unique and pe- why people should care about that and maybe there's a four brooks in illinois and four brooks in Mm -hmm. iowa and just the uniqueness of that uh, public wildlife area four brooks is a 640 acre uh lease that the dog clubs the federation of field trial clubs minnesota federation of field trial clubs acquired managed to get a lease to be able to to uh, run dogs on year-round and hold uh, dog events on hunt tests, field trials, whatnot. And uh, I I forget how how many years, but I, I, I would imagine it's going on 20 years that they've mm. been there. And um, it's pretty special. It's the only it's the only one of its kind in the state of Minnesota. Mm. It's about 40. 45 minutes northwest of the Twin Cities. A little bit of a, a drive for mm-hmm. people in the metro area to get to. but um, And, yeah, it's <clears throat> it's an area where, you know, people can go and run their dog and they can train and they can shoot birds over their dog uh, mm-hmm. year-round. Whereas, you know, every other... Not st- wild birds, release birds. R- release birds, yeah. yeah. For, uh, pen rays yep. or pigeons yep. and for such. Training uh, yeah, for training For training. You know, you can train on every other wildlife management area, but you you can't train in the spring during mm-hmm. the nesting period. Mm-hmm. This this area was, uh, you know, set aside to be able to do that. And it's been, you know, extremely important. Uh, there is no other public land area in the state of minnesota where we can run uh dog events on um we've been trying to find other areas we had uh for years and years a park reserve in outside of rogers minnesota that Hmm. we were allowed to to hold field trials on and there was one almost every weekend through the month of april and may but um from different circumstances, we've wound up kind of essentially getting pushed out of the, out of there. At, um, um, and ever since, um, there is no other area in the state of Minnesota to be able to to hold a horseback field trial, hmm. unless you were to find private ground, which is hard to come by. Mm-hmm. It, it requires, you know, probably at least a, a section of land 
if not a bit more. Right. Uh, but um, so it's been really important to, um, to be able to um, have that ground. People, I think, are starving for finding places to be able to turn a dog loose mm. and, and watch them run in something other than a postage stamp dog park or something. Sure. You know, sure. if you live in, in the metro area, you don't have a whole lot to choose from. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's that's four brooks. And, uh, okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> give us a taste of – so the plan for this episode is we're going to kind of – uh, I'm going to interview people right after they get done running their dog. What's their dog going to experience on a given Wednesday night? What's the what's the setup um, that the dog is um, going to run, and what are you looking for in this process? Um, primarily, it's pretty simple. You know, we're using homers and we're using bird launchers, um, both with the young dogs and and with the older dogs to develop some respect that we're essentially imitating as if you're running through a field and and you had some wild birds out there and the, just for clarity um I, th- I think all of the dogs are going to be pointers tonight yes. right yep. so so that's where they're in launchers so i'm sorry to right out. no so so we can the benefit of using pigeons rather than quail or chucker um, is they fly away and the dog the dog can't catch them the dog can't run them down a lot of times with pen raised quail they'll only fly maybe 50 yards and uh, a dog can run it down and it's just not conducive to teaching a dog to be steady and um, so that's primarily but um you know we're we're working on you know if somebody is at the stage where they're ready to transition and you know with young dogs we we let them once that bird flies we let them chase and everything until they're ready for the breaking process to to steady them up and and uh, and then we'll we'll work on woe training um and then come back to bird work once that woe training is established and we begin to take the chase away. Mm-hmm. So, um, And tonight, since we're in your backyard, we're using a, a blank pistol. There, right. there won't be any bird shot tonight when we're no. at Four Brooks. Um, we do some retrieving. Right. Um, but tonight it's, uh, it's purely about right. the point, um, some, maybe some honoring, and... Um, if we can yep. get uh, some of the dogs are steady to wing shot, yep. flush and release. All right. Yeah, when we're at Four Bricks, I can't. Uh, we just got too close to neighbors to be able to uh, shoot birds here. Um, so you know, getting back to when we're at Four Brooks, we'll maybe have three launchers out there with birds, and the, and the last one is generally what we call a kill pigeon mm-hmm. that that will gun that will shoot that bird if the dog does everything right he's given the opportunity to retreat mm-hmm. and and there again we're we're trying to develop uh, these dogs are smart and and they're capable of putting that equation together mm. that if he does everything 
the way he's expected to do, he gets that reward of that retreat. And uh, they can put that together that I stand, I do my part, and I ultimately get that bird in my mouth and, and, uh, and we'll deliver it to deliver it to you so and uh, so that's what we're doing there cool Um, so well should we go do see round one yeah thank you for doing this not only the podcast but every wednesday night for four years it's 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 been my pleasure it really has well we could see it on your face but it's still a major time commitment oh yeah thank you nothing i'd rather be doing but running dogs let's go run some dogs yep all right, first up, leading off tonight, All right. Wednesday night, dog training with Zeman, uh, David Abel. Um, you're a, a wire-haired pointing griffon <laughs> guy. Anybody that uh, has attended the Bird Dog Parade at Pheasant Fest knows I love to say wire-haired pointing griffons. Um, introduce yourself to our listeners, and uh, we'll go from there. All right, very well. Thanks, Bob. Um, yeah, my name's David Abel. Um, I have two Griffons, uh, one uh, Murphy, who's just about a little over two years old, and the younger one, Gordy, uh, he's just 10 months. So uh, we're working with Gordy on his first NA, NAVDA NA, coming up here in July. Okay. So we got the basics down, and now working on making the connection with the birds and the holding point. Um, Murphy is a little bit more farther along, um, probably could be more, but that's on me, <laughs> um, but we're working on steadiness and backing with him. So okay. he's caught on quite well, but he's in the steadiness needs more work. Well, um, have you always had griffs? No. Matter of fact, these are my first two pointers. I've okay. been a, a yellow lab retriever guy my entire life huh. and, uh, got married and, uh, we just won. My wife wanted to uh, like the looks and like the personality and the demeanor. And, uh, so that's what we got. And now you're at two, so you must like them all right, too. Well, we had, uh, I got my first griff before my last uh, lab, Roxy, passed. Okay. And, uh, they bonded very well. And when she passed, Murphy really had a tough time with it. Mm. And they do very well uh, with other dogs. And every other Griffon owner I know has multiple dogs. Gotcha. And so we, we just had an opportunity. It, uh, uh just presented itself and we didn't pass it up. And it's proved to be just fantastic. They're best buddy, they're brothers. So yeah. it's been fantastic. And and it's warm out there today. It is. It's, it's 91 degrees. And for folks that are wondering, my goodness, are we training when it's this warm? We are. It's a relatively short loop. John's got a um, giant like horse trough filled with water. The dogs get dunked in the water, do a short run, get dunked in the water. And, and obviously we... we pay close attention to them but you know it is one of those things where they need to get um somewhat acclimated to warm weather um especially early season and this is a way to do it in a controlled environment with everybody paying attention um how did you run both your dogs or who i know you just got back in yeah so we ran gordy first okay um well uh you're interviewing john so we figured we'll do the youngster first yeah so he finally really whipped his head around for the first two birds. Okay. So before he was just running all over the place, excited as when we popped him, he'd be excited, but he wouldn't really stop and 
when you popped him out of the launchers, he wasn't, is that what you mean? Yeah, so, you know, before he kind of run by him and he just run up to him, this yep. time he caught wind and whipped his head around and stopped. Got it. And we popped it as soon as he started moving. Yeah. So he w- stopped, went on point, started to move again, and then you popped yep. the bird to reinforce the fact that you want him to stay stopped so he doesn't bump birds in the field. Yep, correct. Yeah, so making some progress. Yeah, yeah, and uh, new with pointers, it took the first dog, uh, a lot of John's help, to understand the repetition, the patience, and they'll get it. You just got to be patient. So that was the key. So we've been doing this, I think, four years of Wednesdays. I think this is your second. Second year? Second year, I believe. You maybe came to the end of year three, too. That could be, because we got Murphy, yeah, so pre- so yeah, just over that then, yep. And how far of a drive is it? How big of a commitment is it? Um, For me, it's not as, you know, some of these folks that we train with are hours even. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I'm, you know, 25, on a good day, it's 25. Oh, that's not too bad. 25 minutes with yeah. the construction going yeah. on in Elk River, it's quite a bit longer. But And wh- why do you come? You know, the opportunity, the camaraderie, and the knowledge, um, I really, really enjoy it. Uh, Mm -hmm. It just gets me out, keeps me focused, keeps me disciplined. Because, you know, it's it's something you can't pass up, an opportunity like this. With with John's experience and knowledge and his willingness to volunteer his time, mostly, and his knowledge, you just don't find that. And it's a very unique uh, situation to be in, and I feel blessed to, to... to be able to partake in it um otherwise the options are trying to teach myself which only goes you so far Mm -hmm. or you know you go to a professional trainer and leave your dog there for months and months and not be part of the family and it's just all all together that everything he offers is just uh, i can't thank him enough i I really can't and as you look forward to the season ahead anything that uh, you're hoping to accomplish with your pups any any big goals in mind or special trips well, so this year, um, partly partly because of John and what he's shown me about the dispersed camping mm. and the horses, we have horses, and so we finally just got a living quarter horse trailer, which right. we just used for the first time this last weekend. Um, I'm very much looking forward to doing <laughs> some. I've heard some great stories, yeah. and I've been out west, but never really on hunting trips. So my goal this year is to do at least one. With me, my wife, the two horses, and the two dogs, and go out for three, four days and just experience it. I, last year, we I did my first out-of-state bird trip, mm. um, believe it or not. And uh, we went where'd to, you go? Uh, Missouri Valley, down north of Omaha. Okay. And uh, with a couple, a fellow from here, and uh, it was the, one of the best experiences I've ever had. Mm. First wild quail covey I've ever seen. Um, beautiful country, and the experience was just, it got my fire lit, we'll ah, just say that. Outstanding. So, Well, terrific. Thank you for doing this. Yep, and, uh, absolutely. It, it's a joy to watch Griffon's work. <laughs> I love it. I appreciate it. All yeah. right. Thanks, Thanks, David. You bet. All right. I'm back with Callie and Chris Brown, and uh, they're going to talk to us about their short hair, Winnie. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Callie, let's start with you. Tell tell me a little bit about uh, who you are. Absolutely. Yep. So my name's Callie Brown. Um, born and raised in Elk River, Minnesota, and actually close family friends with John Zeman. Uh, his daughter's one of my really good friends. And yeah, my husband and I, Chris Brown, we got married a couple years ago, and 
yeah, been in Elk River just doing, <laughs> doing, doing life, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And are, are you both bird hunters? Have you been bird hunters your whole lives? Um, I have not. Yeah, um, Kelly, you have. Been. I grew up. Yep, yep. Yeah. My my parents and my brothers were all outdoorsmen. So yep, primarily waterfowl. They uh-huh. would do some deer hunting here and there. But yep. Okay. Yep. And you were you weren't so I was not. did marriage introduce yes, you to birds? Certainly. <laughs> so yes, my father in law, very strong personality. He huge outdoorsman. So yes, he um, unfortunately he had um, he had a German short hair. And she was about 15 years old and just passed about last year. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think John actually put him on short hairs. Mm. And so he was like, man, I need another short hair. And John was like, hey, I got these got these dogs coming up. And Winnie was one of them. And so he went and picked one out. And it was perfect because at the time we were like, oh, we kind of want a dog. And Well, what's funny about that is that my mom said no more dogs. <laughs> I don't. We already have another German short hair, Maggie. Mm. And so after losing the first one, my mom was like, we're a one dog household. Mm. So my dad said, I have an idea. Mm. So he said, we're going to get Winnie for Callie and Chris for their birthdays in December. So lo and behold, she is our dog. But Jim got her for us so that he, <laughs> he can use her yeah. for the hunting abilities. Yeah. 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 And I'm just there. I just go along with it. Wherever he goes, I go. Right? Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, that's mm-hmm. pretty fun. So I, I'm assuming uh, based on you coming here every Wednesday that you, you are liking it. Oh, yeah. It, no, yeah. it's awesome. I mean, it's wonderful. John does a great job, you know, really helps us with our training and where we're at with our dog. It's great. Winnie is how old? Winnie is going to be, let's see, she will be, yep, she's a year and a half. She'll actually be two in September. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. and what are you guys working on with Winnie right now from a uh, training perspective? Um, I guess obviously we're um, teaching her kind of the basic uh, whoop and wall commands, Mm -hmm. Um, getting her on the wonder rope, you know, having her stick at your side. Okay, for heel. Yep. 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 And then, um, well, we just just did our run out here with John, and um, really trying to get her to stick her points. Mm. I guess um, she was having some problems running in and flushing the bird. Okay. And so, yeah. And it's interesting because, like earlier on in her life, she had a little bit more of a natural stance, and she would she would hold the point mm. earlier on. And so we're like, oh, she's getting into her teen years and being a little <laughs> like, I want to go and do this. We actually brought her on a hunt not too long ago, um, just at a, at a closed place and, um, yeah, yep. At the game, game farm. farm. Yep. yep. And, um, and she was with a couple of other dogs, some labs that were flushers. Mm-hmm. So I think that definitely impacted her natural instinct to be like, Oh, well, if they're doing it, then sure. I should be sure. doing it. Sure. Right. And so, yeah, just getting her a little bit back to reining her in a little bit and saying, okay, here's your job. Here's sure. your role. Here's what you're really good at. So continue getting better <laughs> at it. <laughs> and how'd she do out there today? A lot better. Um, yeah. You know, last week we had her up at Four Brooks and she was just not doing much hunting mm. last week. Just <laughs> running to run, I'd say. Yep. And uh, this week was a lot better. Um, she stuck a few points. I mean, she did she did rush in and flush them, but that's what the launchers are all about too. Yeah. So that's, right. yeah. yeah. So, so what's it mean for you guys to have this opportunity every Wednesday night, um, you know, with, with Zeman and um, this group, what's, what's it done for you as uh, dog trainers? 
Yeah, well, it's totally, like I said, this whole thing kind of dropped into my lap because of the, <laughs> the relationship that Callie has with John and his daughter and everything and the relationship John has with my father-in-law. But, I mean, it's it's wonderful. Um, you know, it's like I said, I'm new to it, but I really enjoy it. I think it's something that I'm really going to kind of fall head over heels mm. for. And, yeah, it's just wonderful to meet the group of guys out there. They're great people. Um, guys, guys and, and gals. gals yeah. Yeah, that are out there. It's great. Great community, great uh, yeah, great people, good time. Absolutely, and I would echo like watching him come home from them. I don't actively, I want to now actively attend after experiencing it, even just tonight being my first time. But um, I see how it has impacted him, mm. and he has grown as a dog trainer, like learning all this information about it, which I think I, I have known from, you know, past experience, but sure. to see it firsthand and watch it and observe her out there doing what she does, like, you know, well and, and learning and, and grasping all of that has been really fun. And like John has incredible like just discernment and advice and it just helps you right along. He tells you exactly what you need to hear. Mm. Right. But also what you want to hear too sure. of like, you know, she's gone. She, she's just, she's a pup. She's going to get it. Like she's got this natural bird drive and this and this and this and recommendations. It's been really helpful. I would say. And Winnie is a sibling of one of the other pups out yes. there. Do you notice like, do they recognize each other? You know, I think that kind of maybe wears off over time. Yeah. But, yeah, I think at this stage they still kind of do. Huh. Like um, maybe when I just um, was able to, with my work schedule, able to get up to Four Brooks for the first time this year uh, a week ago, and I think I brought her up there and they kind of kind of said their hellos quick, but then they kind of <laughs> just went off. And I've always wondered because I've never thing, had right? – I've had a bunch of dogs, but I've never had siblings, siblings interact oh, yeah. before. Yeah. And I've always wondered if you noticed if they know. Yeah. So well, look forward and get yeah, back to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for doing this. It's really fun to get to know you a little better and yeah. talk about bird dogs with yeah. you. Absolutely. Thank Thanks you. for having us. All right. I am back. Another a pair of short hair owners. Okay, I'm joined now by Shua Shower Zhang and her husband Andre Zhang. I pronounce that close. Close enough for the for, French and for us. <laughs> <laughs> and you both have a, a pair of short hairs, Shadow and Rush. Um, so Shua Shower. Why don't you tell me just a little bit about yourself, and then we'll pass the baton to Andre, and um, you can tell me about Andre, too. Um, so I'm not a dog person, um, but we started hunting with uh, our church buddy. Oh. And so they brought us into this world of dove hunting, right? And they went and got dogs, and their dog would fetch their dove. And so that day, we went home. I'm like, let's go get a dog. <laughs> and so this is how it all started. It, huh. it was... On a dove hunt? Yes. And what what kind of dog was with you on the dove hunt? It was a <laughs> Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> and now you have short hairs. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, it, originally, I, I said, let's go get a Brittany. Uh-huh. But he spent, like, weeks and months researching a versatile dog. Uh-huh. 
And he was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go with a German short hair. Okay. So so you said right at the outset, you didn't grow up really as a dog person. Did you grow up as a, as a, as a hunter? No. Oh, okay. So this was all very new. Yes. Everything okay. was very new. Okay. Um, uh, so Andre, what about you? Did you grow up as a dog person, as a bird hunter, or, or was this your introduction too? I liked animals, so you could say I'm a dog person. As a kid, I looked through the, not, I was going to say Craigslist, the back of the newspapers, classifieds, that's what it sure, was. Sure, sure. And I'd be like, let's save up $50 and buy this German Shepherd or whatever. And at the time, I was like, I liked German Shepherds or pugs, right? Mm. Um, so I'm more, I was more like an animal guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I did go, kind of that probably carried me through to what I did in college, which was natural resources. So I did not grow up hunting at all. Um, I was maybe more of an anti-hunter I, during college era, you know, just because I was into conserving and preserving nature. Um, it wasn't until even after, maybe a decade after college, um, that I started getting into hunting a little bit more huh. and more and then got back into dogs. Okay. I did not, I guess maybe during my young adulthood, I did not I grew away from dogs. I, okay. I didn't like dogs. I didn't like touching them anymore, you know. Huh. Just during the maybe the young parent stage. Sure. I, I had a son at the time. But now we're total dog. <laughs> or maybe total German short hair people. <laughs> yes, fist yeah. bump. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, did this dove hunt have a similar impact on you that, you know, you came home and you both decided to go get a dog? Or was it? No. Co- no? Okay. No, I... I did not want a dog for the reasons I kind of just mentioned. Uh-huh. I was kind of over it, you know. I so you had to convince him. Yeah, to yeah. both times, both short hairs. I was like, no. Even after we got our first dog rush and we fell in love with that and with him, I still was like, I just want to focus on him. Oh, it wasn't that I didn't want more. It was more of a time commitment thing. I really wanted to just focus on one dog and okay. make him as as great as I could and as great as he could be. And based on the conversations we've had, I know that you're you're somewhat self-taught through YouTube to be a dog trainer. Is that accurate? Yeah. Um, before I met all this, right, because mm-hmm. these are, you know, drop-in Wednesday type at John Zeman's you know, <laughs> home. That's awesome <laughs> right. resource. Right. Um, even just knowing people like I do now, like in field trials, I know so many people of so many levels. I know people in Texas, Missouri, right? But before all that, it was just YouTube. It was uh-huh. Even just kind of researching my dog was just YouTube. Right, right now, I know of your dog. I know of John Zeman's dog. I know of this person's dog. I know of this Britney's dog. But back then, I did not. Sure. Um, so training Rush to become an amateur-owned, an amateur field champion, that was very personal and very, like, what's it called? Trial and error. Sure. Lot, lots of trialing and lots of erroring and mistakes and you know, he, the dog was able to overcome all my mistakes and, you know, I think he did a good job and, yeah. And I'm just along for the ride, you know. And you guys... Lots of um, backyard Mm -hmm. training. Yeah, literally. 0.34 acre backyard. Mm. And you're, you're both here together most, most Wednesday nights. Do you do some of the training too? Um, When I say your name, it's, I should say both, shoe or shower, right? together it's one or the other okay um a lot of my generation like my mom them they call me by my first name but my friends they call me by my middle name middle name okay all right so 
So tell me, which, um, how much of the dog training do you do? I don't do much. Everything is Andre. Um, every now and then, I do go help support him, mm-hmm. especially with now that we have two dogs. Sometimes he wants to work on backing. Mm-hmm. Then I come in. Um, if he wants to work on steady, then I do come in, be the other eye. Mm. Um, as he does the bird work, then I'll keep an eye on Rush or Shadow, make sure they don't, and correct them if they move. Sure. But I don't do much other than just support him and help him out here and there. It's a little more than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me about what you're working on with your two pups today, Andre. Uh, Rush, I mean, Shadow, just the so, younger and dog. Shadow is younger, okay. Shadow just got his stitches removed a few hours ago, so he's still resting and recovering from an abscess that we removed. Um, he's younger, so he's he gets another year maybe to just be have more fun than normal, mm-hmm. um, be a puppy, even though he's, you know, he's two. Um, but I like, I like to let dogs work at their pace, you know, or at a slow pace and not, because for Rush, Today we trained, this year, this year's theme for me was backing or honoring, which mm-hmm. is when he comes and another dog's on point and he honors that dog's uh, find um, and not steal it, which is the opposite and what you don't want. Um, I feel like we were lucky and we attained his field championship by getting away with that, not, not just situations where we didn't have to honor, you know, we, we maybe ran fast and ran ahead or, mm-hmm. or we didn't have a brace made or something like that. So this year I felt like even though he's doing well, I it was kind of like the karate kid or something, right. Or, or like a, one of those quotes you see online where it was like, now the training starts, you know, even though he <laughs> had attained a fairly solid mm-hmm. level already, I felt like, yeah, we could do much more. He could do more. We, we still have a lot to learn, you know? Mm. So today, this year and today was a good example. We did backing with Richard's white short hair. Debbie. White, yeah, yep. Debbie. And we kind of just set it up where Debbie would go first and Debbie would go on point. And then we would, you know, release Rush to approach the situation mm. and kind of cross our fingers that he will back. And today, you know, we got lucky today, and he backed three out of three times. Oh, good. Um, you were there last week. It was yeah. not three out of three times. <laughs> you know, but we talked about that, where yeah. dogs just regress sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we, that's why dogs are dogs, and we are what we are, and <laughs> we train. And you never know why they do that. Yeah. Why did you regress today? Why did you back three times or whatever it may be, whoever dog situation may be? You both feel like, to me, you're more driven – by the trialing competition than a lot of the other participants here on Wednesday nights. Um, versus, what I mean by that is versus going out and hunting. And I know you hunt, right? But you like the competition of the dog trial a lot is my perception. Is that accurate? I think it is. I Maybe a little bit of youth is still in this old man. I just... <laughs> I just like the thrill of it, <laughs> you know. You, you like that too, yeah. didn't you? <laughs> I she was laughing yeah. too. Yes. Right, like I, I just like to see their power, see mm-hmm. their speed. Right, like they all point. Right, they're bred to point for hundreds of years, so we all know they point. 
but it to me it's almost like okay how fast can you go point? Mm. how hard can you point how you know? big can you yeah run? how big can you run how how perfect is your retrieve right because they already kind of do that mm. what let's show me a little, something a little different for right my, my selfish side is you know i right what what can you do for me as a dog you know you're here now you're my pet yes you're mm. my pet but what else can you do? You know, mm. fascinate me on Wednesday or or Saturday. <laughs> you know, where because I gotta drive out here and today's ninety degrees. You know, mm. and or whatever. It's a rainy Saturday and I've taken or I've you know I've had to miss church to come out to this field trial. You know, rush. Throw me a little bit. Mm. You know, so, how so, far do you guys travel to come to this on Wednesday night? Uh, we grew. We were. I was born and raised in St. Paul uh, for much of my life. So, but we just recently moved to around St. Francis area. So oh. now it's a short drive for us to to get to Four Brooks or sure. to get to John Zeman here. Okay. So tell me about why you keep coming back because you've been pretty consistent. Um, I can count every Wednesday night. You're pretty much here. You're both pretty much mm. here. Why, why, why do you do it? I thought there was the cookies tonight. <laughs> 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 uh, there have been some pretty good treats yeah. lately. <laughs> yeah, I... John Zeman, like I said, before we field trialed, mm. we were just purely hunters. And we still are, and our dogs still are. I'm sure my dog could, would say, I'd rather go hunt than do all these constraints to to perfection, you know. Because mm-hmm. uh, it does take a lot, I think, for a dog to get to where they are at the levels we ask them. Uh, at, at master f- hunt tests and f- at broke dog field trials. Um, but yeah, I come every day because, you know, John was my first judge at a field trial mm. that I had no clue about. Mm. I still have an email that I sent John when I re- en- entered Rush for the first time ever and I sent my money in and you know I was like what is I kind of was like what is this and which one should I mm. register for Mr. is it John Zeman and John kinda, I think John kind of wrote back and this was just the way I read the email it was almost suggestive like this is for broke dogs only, hmm. you know, whoever you are, Andre, you know, because no one knew who I was, you know. Um, so that, so I got to know John through judging mm-hmm. of my dog. and He judged my dog a few times and uh, just really that's how we met each other and grew from that is training dogs and just our shared love of dogs and our shared love of short hairs. And he's, he's really a great guy. Like, like I thought I love dogs and training because <laughs> our circle of friends, there's lots of, there's like four Britneys and four short hairs. And, and, you know, we, I think we helped them fall in love with short hairs because mm. they already knew where Britneys were. As much as I loved that, I had launchers. I had the pop gun blank pistol. I had a Koopa pigeons as mm. well um, that we would fly from nearby or from the WMA and stuff like that. Uh, but as much as I did that with my buddies, when I saw John Zeman work, I was, I'm like, how do you do that? Hmm. You know, how mm-hmm. do you put so much time and effort into these people and these dogs and, and, and for how long he's done, he's done it, right? He did a podcast that he's done this for 40 years mm-hmm. um, in some fashion. And I'm like, man, how do you do that? You know, that, yeah. that's admirable. It is amazing when you, whether it's a pro trainer or someone that's rising to that level, like John, their ability to read a dog's um, tells like a poker player, right? Is, next level something that i haven't yet reached myself Mm -hmm. for sure and you're right that john can see something he's probably watched it happen with his own dogs over the years it's it's really remarkable well thank you very much for for doing this uh what's what's on the horizon for hunting season what's what's the big hunting event oh there's a big smile coming what's uh what's what's the big 
big trip for this year? I can go first. I think mine will be simple. I want to go back to Nebraska. Hmm. I liked it a lot. The pheasants were good, too, but I liked the shorter grass where we were anyway. But I especially loved the sand hills. Hmm. Uh, Bird count was low last year, but it was just beautiful, and the sparse bird counts just made the dogs work harder. and. Sharp tails and chickens. Yeah, it was the scenery for me. Yeah, yeah. I I was going to say uh, Nebraska Sand Hills too. Um, it was hard work, but I think the rewarding part was the top of the hills, mm. the prairie, the rolling hills, and it, the breeze was just amazing. Mm. That that's a great, great scene to end it on. Thanks for sharing uh, sharing your story with us. Thank you. <laughs> we'll see if you can control me. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again, please. No. <laughs> yes, no. please. You have to. Oh God! I should have hit record oh, just a moment earlier. God. Well, that's why I said it. Now uh, we'll uh, see if you can control me. <laughs> and the voice you hear is my very good friend Julia Schrenkler, who uh, you'll uh, hardcore podcast <laughs> listeners recognize her voice been on with me um a couple times right at a least a couple yeah two One, maybe two, three maybe three maybe three we'll have to go back and listen to we, all the archives we'll, we'll That's get some someone's t- job right now so very good friend julia Schrankler. tell us for folks that haven't heard you on the podcast before tell us a little bit about um your background who you are well, I'm Julia Shrinkler, and I am an adult onset hunter. <laughs> Hello, Julia. Um, seriously, though, I, I didn't grow up. Huh? There's no <laughs> way I'm going to control you. <laughs> There's no. <laughs> you need one of these uh, Delmar Smith wonder leads yeah. <laughs> right under the chin. Um, I, I'm an adult onset hunter, which means exactly what you think it sounds like it's mm. i, I did is that hunt. even relevant anymore for uh, you, you know what it's been 10 years this is my 10th is right? anniversary 2013 2013 okay. and but that makes a difference because mm. i didn't grow up in this culture mm-hmm. and true i lucked out in a lot of ways by finding finding my community finding my people within the community mm. um otherwise i wouldn't be here every wednesday i mean you find your friends and you do the work mm. and then you get the hunt. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. And some of your friends are canines. <laughs> uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Tell us absolutely. who you brought with Most, you. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say most of my friends are dogs. <laughs> um, no, I, my, my dogs, my primary hunting companions, um, uh, my senior dog, Ren, a German short hair pointer who brought me to hunting. Mm -hmm. And um, again, 2013, it's a big year for us. It's a big year for us. So for folks that don't know that story, Mm -hmm. you know, put it in abstract, a a one pager for us. Yeah, the one, the elevator version is, I fell in love with GSPs. We got a GSP puppy. We brought her to uh, Steve Mahler for for uh, Waller for uh, boarding, and he was going to train. You well, know. you're driving to Alaska. I'm driving to Alaska. Take care of my puppy, you know, that kind of thing. And um, came back seven weeks later, and he's like, look what she can do. And I thought, oh, my God, I've got to learn how to hunt. You know, like, mm. seriously, it was, it, was, it was just like that. It was, mm. it was a lightning, lightning strike in my life. So... Um, 
I started hunting, and now, 10 years later, I have two, two <laughs> dogs. And you're going to be on an upcoming episode of The Flush oh, as well. <laughs> There's your tease, Travis. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're in the um, grouse camp slash trampled by timber doodle episode oh no um i'm in the blooper reel poor travis i i think i think i just kept shooting and swearing that's it that'll be the (laughs) that'll be the sizzle reel i'm guessing they added the swearing out but uh, (laughs) probably you've been coming to grouse camp with us for I don't know, six, seven, eight years. Is it? Wow, uh, we you know never do we math keep on the mic because yeah, right? <laughs> oh nobody cares. Yeah, and you keep uh, you keep bringing um, preserves. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, mm, Candied uh, jalapenos. Yeah, I'll, we'll post the recipe. Yeah, we'll post a link go. to the recipe. Yeah, well, I mean, and some of that has to do with you know. Matt likes his cooking ready at the end of the day, and <laughs> I'm a little bit of a slow poke. Anyways, I've taken us sideways. Mm-hmm. Tell us, tell us about your two pups again. So, so, so Ren's, Ren's the, senior. the senior dog. So she is, she's ten, going on eleven, um, and I bring her every week or almost every week um, with different objectives than Nixie. Right? Um, in a lot of ways, training for Ren is a reward. Mm. You know, it's it's the muscle memory, it's getting out, she's having a great time. She doesn't really realize she's an old dog picking mm-hmm. up new tricks because I'm learning, right? And um and she's she's fun to work with, with other dogs. Mm-hmm. Um uh, we frequently run her with Axel, uh Paul's dog, and they make a good pair. Mm-hmm. You know, and they we learn something every time we run them together, whether or not you know, the run is great. Yeah. And and that's kind of a, that's a good lesson. Like at training, you learn from what mm-hmm. you don't excel at. One of the things that when I think about Ren, <clears throat> I, I have a hard time putting any dog above Ren from... <laughs> I haven't. My heart. I haven't finished wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Don't snap your suspenders yet, Shrankler. Okay, well, th- you'll like this, but okay. it probably wasn't where you thought it was going to go. <laughs> okay. When I think about a dog mm-hmm. smelling a bird and then having the entire body oh. shiver, wake just erupt with energy mm-hmm. around the scent of the bird mm-hmm. and Ren just oh <laughs> I just I just want like, we uh, lots of podcasts have talked about you know oh man would it be cool to just understand what a scent of a bird means to a dog true mm-hmm. I want to know what it what a scent of a bird it feels like in Ren's body because yeah, <laughs> Ren is like a dopamine oh. heroin addict. <laughs> she, it's actually you can almost see electricity under her skin. Mm-hmm. She holds her point. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that is a huge benefit. That's why, um, that's how I've been able to you know volunteer at events and that sort of thing because she's great for newbies because mm-hmm. I I trust her not to break her point. But underneath her skin, it is just like you can almost hear a humming noise, mm-hmm. um, and it's electric. It, it is electric. Yeah. Oh. Tell us about the oh, youngster. God, 
you know, I had this really complex system. We were only going to have Ren. We were only going to have one dog. I'm sure a lot of dog owners listening now are like nodding and laughing. Just super complex hoops to jump through, right? A GSP puppy would have to arrive on my doorstep in a basket and I would <laughs> name him Moses, right? Or, um, or I said, you know, I said to my wife, Cindy, I was like, you know, if John Zeman, if one of the dogs out of his line has puppies, there's a litter. You know, I really like Liza and Luna's, mm. you know, Luna's really impressed me and, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. And, uh, but the timing would have to be right and all that stuff. And I don't know, John oh, John just snookered me. He really did. He just, <laughs> you know, he's, John trained me to take Nixie mm. over time, over time. It was, um, he brought up that one of his dogs, Willie, was going to be uh, going to visit <laughs> Cleo, uh, <laughs> Nixie's mom, um, and uh, it, like and then a few weeks later, he, was, he talked about the drive. Did he not know that you knew about the birds and the bees? <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. You know, it's just John's way. It's, Going you know, for a visit. Yes, he was. You know, he just he John kind of hitched his pants and just talked about you know gonna mm. go to Wisconsin, um, and then it sounded like it took you know and mm. and over the course of a few of a few weeks it just kept building you know like mm-hmm. oh well, looks like we're gonna have a good litter and, <laughs> and all this stuff and i'm sitting on my couch one monday night on my phone beeps and i pick it up and i'm like oh john texted and i open it up and it's a video of puppies mm. what who does that who does that a good friend does that mm. that's who does that and um and he had a puppy coming to him from that litter, and uh, and he asked me if I wanted a spot, and I looked at Cynthia and I said, "Guess he's getting a puppy." <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was it. And um, it's been joyous ever oh, since. Oh, it. You know, she's really, mm-hmm. um, and it's an entirely different experience um, for all of us, right? Hmm. Because we. With Ren, we got a puppy, and we were surprised by mm-hmm. hunting. Mm-hmm. And with Nixie, we were surprised by a puppy, um, but she specifically, you know, came to our family for hunting mm. for the next generation. Mm. She's she's the retain um, in in the R three that is me, mm. um, and she's really. I think she's really changing me as a hunter. How so? Um, I'm being more cognizant of how I might show up as a hunter. Hmm. Um, Even in uh, when you don't hunt and you're not accustomed to the culture, right? Like, so when we break for lunch, often I would leave Ren out of the kennel. And she could be kind of a menace, and then eventually I'd put her away. Like, or even last last year, she uh, she totally snatched part of a sandwich. I mean, just naughty dog, right? And and with Nixie, I kind of walked into it being more deliberate. Hmm. You know, gonna always gonna ride in the kennel, always gonna ride in the crate. Um, I'm gonna have quiet time before 
before I let her loose hmm. on the birds. Like, I, you know, just things like that. Um, no human food. You know, no, no, no crackers as a treat or something like that. And I, I know that sounds really weird, but when if coming from sort of pet pals to companions, hmm. I mean, real like all pets are are companions, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But a hunting dog is a partnership. Hmm. And I think I'm hopefully working to be a better partner hmm. to the hunting dogs in my life. And I hope that extends to people like you, people I hunt with. Hmm. That's cool. I'm trainable. Old dogs, <laughs> no tricks. <laughs> it doesn't go for Paul. No. I don't know if Paul's <laughs> arrived yet. He's not trainable. You'll... Listeners will hear that if he does arrive and we get him on. Oh, I was going to say, he'll, you know, he's ready for his close-up. He's going to, I'm going to hear a knock at the door. Um, I I asked Chris and Callie Mm -hmm. um, a few interviews ago. They have a short hair named Winnie, who is a litter mate. Yes. To Nixie. Yes. Um, And I asked them a question. Do do the litter mates recognize each other? Do they... And curious what your perception is of, is there, is there a connection between dogs there or is that not happen? If you would have asked me that question last year, Mm -hmm. um, when we, we showed up, I would have said yes. They Mm -hmm. were kind of roly poly puppies. They see each other and they tore off. I have great video of the two of them just trying to, trying to like tumble right mm. just tumble puppies um and this year uh they have done a couple of training runs together mm-hmm. and stuff um but it's almost like they're growing up yeah they're too they're too cool too cool to be hey sis you know what's going on they're they're they just want to get out there yeah, that's and, and is that about right that, is that very similar in it you know they didn't talk so much about the puppy but i think that that's probably when two pups are the same mm-hmm. size they play with mm-hmm. each other right right <clears throat> and and they did um chris and kelly said yeah they don't really acknowledge each mm-hmm. other and i've never owned siblings and i don't think i've ever had one of my pups mm-hmm. interact with another sibling out of a similar little yeah. like they've had interactions Your with line. dogs from the yep. line mm-hmm. but nothing where they're actual brothers and sisters yeah and i'm anthropomorphizing <laughs> i i clearly understand that but i'm i've always wondered like you know would gitchy mm-hmm. recognize a sister from the same litter and the more i've talked to people the more I'm like you know they become their individuals and mm-hmm. It's kind of that nurture versus nature, big picture question. I would be interested in John's answer mm. to that question as somebody who has sort of, yeah. and the way he's impacted dog lines. Yeah. Um, I, I bet I bet he can see it. It is, it is interesting to see them together and see their differences. Like when he's got these long, glamorous legs and she's all sleek and, mm. and kind of shiny, you know, and then, um, and then Nixie is, you know, very much like her mom, kind of bumbling around, <laughs> <laughs> means well. She is an athlete. She's, she is an athlete. I can't, I'm actually, I need to work out to keep up with her. <laughs> we um, all do. Oh. <laughs> all right. We Let's, all do. Th- this is the summer of Upland Workout. All right. So tell okay. us, um, what are you working on with Nixie uh, tonight and, and how'd she do? So she did really well tonight. 
she actually did really well. Um, and it is kind of interesting. John, John is a rule of three. I mean, he, not a rule, but you know, we, mm. we often run in threes. There's, there's a three birds out and, um, and you know, she, she, she stopped and pointed and held for all three birds, mm. but each bird improved, like e- each bird improved her. Right. And the, and by the last one, I was like, Yep, there we go. And and I think there's something to be said for that, right? Because mm-hmm. it's practice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and but what we're working on with her is is holding. She's not, um, you know, getting her to understand that you point, you hold, you point, you hold. Mm-hmm. Um, and while she does a pretty good job of that, I have pretty big ambitions for her to mm-hmm. be steady to release yeah. versus uh, steady to shot. Ren yeah. is steady to shot. No doubt about it. You've hunted behind mm-hmm. her. Um, she's pointed. Plenty of our friends have shot over her. Uh, but then, you know, all that electricity mm-hmm. has to go out somewhere. Um, Nixie, I'm I'm pretty determined, will we'll, uh, do John Zeman proud, not mm-hmm. just me. That's so, cool. Yeah. So that's what we're working on. Um, well, training will come up next and that sort of thing. But uh, that's... That's that. Where's Nixie going to hunt this season? Oh, yes. The answer is yes. She's going <laughs> to hunt everywhere. She's going to hunt. We're going to add Montana to our list. Right. I'm very excited about that. Um, of course, Wisconsin and Minnesota. And I really liked Iowa. Don't tell Iowa. Don't tell anyone <laughs> listening that we're going to Iowa. I had a great time down there last fall um, with our friend Josh and maybe the UP. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe, but um, I was hoping to get her down to Georgia and northern Florida as well. We have family there, and Ren Ren has a sweet tooth for quail, <laughs> so it's really more for Ren. But yeah, mm. Nixie's gonna wherever she goes, it's gonna be miles and miles. Awesome. Every Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Every Wednesday night. Four years. You're pretty much. Yeah, you're here. Yep. Why? What's this mean to you? You know, when, especially when you're new to something and you want to be good at it and you're learning, um, you can, you can go pretty far on your own and you can practice. Um, but I think that the community aspect, we make each other better Mm. and sometimes it's incremental and sometimes it's a leap, but if I want to be better, um, that's not an isolated thing. Hmm. I need other people. True independence is a is an illusion, right? Hmm. Um, and who better to learn from than John, you, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> I hope Paul shows up. <laughs> uh, Matt, no, yeah, uh, is yep. normally here. Yeah, yep. and it that it makes a it makes a big difference, and um, and it's also. This is going to sound really strange, uh, but it's also safe, right? Mm. Like I can learn from my mistakes, mm-hmm. and if I'm teased, it's with affection. Mm-hmm. It isn't, um, and that makes it. That's a big thing, mm-hmm. and you might not know it's a big thing, but it's. I appreciate it beyond measure. The Be- teasing or the affection, or the, the uh, combination, <laughs> <laughs> the the ability to make mistakes yeah, and not and yeah. not feel like. Um, 
not feel like I'm totally screwing up. And uh, that is, that's been an incidental lesson to all mm. of this, like learning how to be a better volunteer, be a better mentor, mm. um, and that we can learn from our mistakes. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know how to stress that enough. We, people want to belong and embarrassing someone or making an example of them is not inclusive. Mm. Like there's, it, you can be inclusive by how you present yourself. Mm. Um, and you do learn so much here. Yeah. I, I actually touch my dogs differently after being around John. Mm. He's got a very even hand. He's mm-hmm. quiet. I, I don't, I do less of the, you know, like, yeah. and then I, sorry, podcast listeners, I threw my hands around <laughs> in the air very excitedly, but you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you're, I'm glad this isn't a video. Um, but the, it's, it does, it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. It makes a huge difference with the dogs in our relationship. Yeah, it does. It, it hits on many levels, you mm-hmm. know, the, the camaraderie, which yep. everybody's pretty much talked on the, the, the knowledge and the dog training. Mm-hmm. There's also a very fundamental, just being out mm-hmm. in the field it's not a hunt but there's a lot of elements that are similar like mm-hmm. in the, the honestly i don't you know i didn't grow up around horses mm-hmm. having <gasps> being yeah. being able to ride horses and watch your dogs from a different perspective mm-hmm. it's really informative mm-hmm. on how they work um, a field and the scent and you know you wouldn't think like what's the difference there but watching a dog from a different angle mm-hmm is really interesting yeah and how they work how two dogs because we normally run a brace of two yep. dogs how they work with different pairings mm-hmm. how each dog runs a field like because the, there's some strips of woods some strips of get grass and each dog sort of tackles cover right how they hang, yeah how right? they it's aim for objectives <clears throat> you you can pick up a lot and you get to know the dog's preferences mm-hmm. too um, which really helps with yeah. your own dogs. It, I, you're it, right. You learn from others and others' mm-hmm. dogs. Yeah. yeah, that's a really that is a good point because the oh, the horses. Oh God, the big dogs. <laughs> it's so amazing. Angel and buckwheat. I, <laughs> I really don't. We live a magic life. Mm-hmm. I've I've mm-hmm. had people ask about why every Wednesday or, mm-hmm. you know, do I really drive all the way from mm-hmm. South Minneapolis? Yeah, because it's an hour and a half for you, roughly. It, if there is no traffic. Yeah. I've had, I've listened to plenty of podcasts, mm-hmm. including On the Wing <laughs> and The Flush. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, but I've listened to plenty of podcasts and books um, sitting in traffic, waiting mm-hmm. for my chance to stretch my legs. And it's, it also helps me understand, it makes me look at WMAs and mm. land differently. Because I'm seeing it all year long. Yeah. Not that I hunt near where we practice. No one hunt there. (laughs) Keep on driving. (laughs) Keep on driving. Uh, You can't find pheasants and rough grouse and timber doodle anywhere near there. No. (laughs) No. It's all some gunks and porcupines. (laughs) Released birds. Yep. Thank you for doing this. Oh, thank you for doing this. And I I hope this encourages other people to... I don't know, create their own Wednesday night. Yeah. Get out there. You know, there, uh, NAVDA immediately mm-hmm. comes oh, to mind, yeah, North American yeah. Versatile mm-hmm. Dog, Hunting Dog Association. Um, if you're a flushing person, you know, NASTRA, mm-hmm. you know, we mm-hmm. have a good friend, Emmy, who, who's a uh, retriever association. There's AKC, you know, this, is in, this episode isn't intended to be 
brand affiliated, right, with it. And, and this gathering isn't, you know, but find your community is kind of the point of this conversation. You're, you're absolutely right. And there, it, it sounds trite, but it's literally an email away. Mm-hmm. It's it, like Google your dog, Google your area, um, and you'll find, you'll mm-hmm. find people. And they're, they can't wait to help you. Yeah. They can't wait to invite you in. Um I wish every new hunter knew that. Yeah. It, and it is as simple as Googling, you know, NAVDA, NASTRA, UFTA, German Short Hair Club, mm-hmm. Brittany Club. You know, most of the breeds have a club that um, have training sessions just like this one. We just had the, <laughs> the John Zeman <laughs> Club, which is just built around friends. And it, uh, it it's been wonderful. It is. Cool. Thank you. Thank you, Julia. All right, update. Paul has arrived, but uh, you'll have to wait <laughs> for an interview with Paul. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk with Richard Hansen next. Um, Richard, uh, thank you for joining. Um, tell me a little bit about your background and um, who you are, and uh, you know, you grew up a hunter, dog trainer. Give us the the, the basics. Yeah, so grew up in the Twin Cities, live in St. Louis Park now. When I'm not messing around with bird dogs, I'm an attorney. Um, I have hunted since about junior high. Um, You know, my bird hunting experience was pretty typical road hunting, trail walking for Mm. rough grouse. Um, You know, continue to walk trails and try and bump up a bird, Um, you know, as I got older. Then, um, in January, 2020, I had just put a rescue dog down mm. who had some GSP in her. And, uh, I remember hadn't really thought about getting another dog. And my dad looked at me the night we put her down and he said, well, you know, what's your next dog going to be? Yeah. And I, I thought, well, maybe, you know, I, I should, I've been batting around the idea of a hunting dog and, I was kind of in between a GSP or a English setter, um, especially because I spent a lot of time in the grouse woods. And kind of based on the conversations I'd had with people, I thought, you know, if this is going to be my first bird dog, probably a GSP might be the better bet. Plus, kind of had that sentimental attachment uh, from my former dog who had a little bit of GSP DNA in her. So um bit the bullet and got a dog January 2020, which was Perfect timing, uh, <laughs> you know, for COVID. And, yeah. And I, you know, hadn't even planned it and, uh, ended up, you know, next thing I know working from home and boy, did I go down that rabbit hole hmm. pretty far. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, as I think you, you've used the term gateway drug. Um, and so <laughs> it's, you know, and, it, and it's really opened up a, a huge world, not just in dog training, but, hmm. you know, really getting serious about bird hunting, learning the different birds, chasing different kinds of birds I never would have thought of pursuing. And, um, you know, also getting, you know, really involved with, you know, PF, um, you know, RGS, you know, all those different uh, conservation habitat organizations huh. as well. And you all, you can attribute it all to connection it's, with the dog. Yeah, it's Debbie. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about Debbie. So Debbie, she, I got her from Willow Creek Kennels, which is up by Little Falls. And it's, it's pretty cool. There's another guy who's running another Willow Creek dog pretty pretty impressive um yeah i uh, got her um i thought about you know, putting my name on a deposit list and probably didn't do what you should have done just instead you know they had a couple um you know four million little dogs and 
you know, I mean, just no, no restraint. You know, you meet a, a four month old <laughs> puppy GSP and well, I kind of, kind of like that one. So, so we, um, you know, my next style, I'll probably do a little more due diligence, but, but, um, you know, I mean, Willow Creek's got a great reputation and, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been pleased, um, with Debbie. It's, it's been a, a fun journey with us together. <laughs> So, so Debbie now is four years old. Yeah, yeah, she'll she'll be four in August. And and you do some trialing too, right? Testing, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we've we got started, um, you know, with the Minnesota uh, NAVDA chapter, and so I've done the, the natural ability test with her, um, the utility prep test, and we're signed up to do the UT, UT in August, and mm. uh, we put our toe in the AKC hunt test. Uh, pool uh, a couple weekends ago and um you know she didn't do great but that's you know what i will say about testing and they, the judges say it and it's so true is that you know it it puts a spotlight on your weak spots mm. so for me it's been huge you know i mean you gotta boy you gotta swallow your ego mm. <laughs> you know and, and and just take your lumps but you know and then kind of go back to the drawing board and and uh you know the other thing that, that testing also you know kind of teaches you is that there's a guy I heard, he had a great line that um, a person's ego is a heavy weight for a dog to carry. Mm. And just to kind of, you know, as you go through that testing experience, you don't realize it's like, you know, dog doesn't really care about the ribbon. Right. <laughs> you know, but right. so, you know, but it helps you build that bond and, you know, you got to always make sure to keep, learn to keep things in perspective. So we're going to actually, we're going to, you know, glutton for punishment. We're going to be heading up north and running her in another AKC hunt test um this week but it's funny with the akc it's a little different than navda you know navda you know you continue running through the test and then you get your score with akc you, you know they call it getting picked up where if your dog oh. you know does it does something wrong it's, it's funny it's a lot of waiting around and then you know it's like well that was quick hmm. <laughs> but yeah so so tell me about what you're working on out here with debbie yeah so um you know, I mean, always trying to get, you know, I, I knew when I got her kind of after um, her first season that I wanted to get her steady to to shot at least and, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. release. And, you know, obviously that's part of the, you know, standards for the testing. So, um, you know, always working on that, you know, with the pigeons and launchers and, you know, throwing homers when she's on point. Um, started to, you know, do more work on backing and stuff. Um, you know, and that's where John has been such a incredible asset, um, a resource for me because, you know, someone who first bird dog and decided, okay, I want to, you know, try and get a dog that's, you know, really broke mm-hmm. and, you know, knowing that's the goal I wanted, but boy, I don't have any idea how to get there. And, um, you know, you introduced me to this group and, mm-hmm. you know, I talked to John and so I said, you know, this is my goal and boy, you know, he kind of walked me through the steps and and you know having a a live human being not a video on youtube or mm-hmm. a podcaster you know to actually you know i could talk to him and he could show me things and you know as it's each step you know even with this testing like i can you know i talked to him after well you know this didn't go so well what would you do and he's telling me well you know this or that and mm. you know i mean and it's just to have that wealth of knowledge and you know someone who um you know i mean there, there's you know, anyone can give advice, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes from John, you know that it's it's gold, mm-hmm. you know. And so to have someone that you can trust and who's, you know, and sometimes, you know, you got to, you know, you got to ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
yeah, that's, it's been, you know, really incredible. And that's, you know, that's, that's a cool thing too. I mean, people that really, you know, in the, the dog world that, um, you know, mentorship is a big thing. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that in NAVDA and I've seen it with John and just, you know, people that, you know, just give so selflessly to help continue that tradition of, um, you know, getting the most out of your dog and, and giving your dog the best you can. Cool. You've talked a little bit about trials coming. I know you're a hunter too. Um, what's on the horizon for you and Debbie this year? What are you working towards? You know, so last week, our last year of work got crazy. Um, and I, I barely, we barely got out chasing wild birds as much as, as, um, I would have liked. So this is hopefully this fall, the uh, chips fall right. And I can kind of can make up for that. So, um, you know, I said, I've got a, a special, um, place in my heart for the Northwoods. So I'd like to spend a good amount of time chasing grouse and woodcock. But, um, you know, a couple of years ago, we, Debbie and I, we went and set up a tent on the prairie in the little Missouri national grasslands hmm. and chased, uh, sharp for the first time. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's going to be there again, but, you know, I'd like to do, you know, some, something extended on a, a big open prairie yeah. and, you know, watch her really stretch her legs. And yeah, that, that, um, yeah, and just hunt as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that lawyer and yeah, stuff yeah, to somebody yeah, else. Yeah, right. <laughs> thank you very much, Richard. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. All right. The man you've all been waiting for. <laughs> We've talked about, we particularly talked about you, Paul, during uh, Julia's interview. Um, and, and I do have to apologize to you publicly. I think I've tried to do two or maybe three podcasts with you up until this point. And you've been my guinea pig for new technology a couple of times where the technology hasn't worked. And there was never an episode that has a, came out of it. But now everything appears to be recording and you're, you're live and we're actually going to make this happen. I didn't know you didn't use that stuff. <laughs> I've been looking for it online. Well, we, we will. You know, I would like to do an episode with you alone, <laughs> which, which could be dangerous for both of us, right? Yeah. Um, about... You know, we we talk a lot about R three in the hunting community, um, recruit, retain, and reactivate. And you're somewhat a poster child for reactivation. Um, so, I, before I ask you to explain that, I, I will, in full transparency, say that we're related, sort of through marriage. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're Meredith, my wife's uncle, and you are back into hunting after taking a break. Tell me about that. I took a little 30-year break to coach hockey. <laughs> so I, I, when I turned 13, I did my firearm safety. I was on the rifle team at Creighton High School for two years. Creighton in St. Paul. Yep, Creighton Durham Hall now. And then I basically forced my dad to take me hunting with him. My dad had hunted pheasants and grouse a little bit, but it wasn't real high on his list of things to do, but I pestered him enough he would take me hunting. And he, basically what he would do is he would find friends of his that hunted and we would go tag along with them. Mm. Uh, Hart Cardoza was a guy in the neighborhood. He ended up dying in a plane crash in Alaska, but he would take us hunting for grouse and uh, he would always put on a display. He, you had to get up quick because otherwise the bird was going to mm. be gone. Uh, and... Uh, this is how long ago it was. The first time I went pheasant hunting was in Woodbury. 
Mm. Uh, which dad. is a suburb of the Twin Cities yeah. that's now yeah. highly pro- This is national audience. Oh, national audience. So they, they don't know what Woodbury uh, is. Uh, Woodbury is 10 minutes from downtown St. Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was a judge. His, his court reporter had a brother who had a farm in Woodbury, literally 10 to 15 miles away from downtown St. Paul. Mm. Uh, so we'd, uh, we'd go out there and hunt. Uh, as opposed to having to drive all the way to South Dakota, we mm. had, had to drive out, outside of the 494, 694 loop in the metro area. So I, I did that growing up from like 13 through oh, a little bit later in high school. But once uh, high school got going, I was playing soccer and hockey. And in the summer and fall, I was doing training for hockey because that was before I knew I had uh, uh, lot disease. You know what that is, right? <laughs> Here comes the first dad joke of the podcast. <laughs> Lack of talent. <laughs> uh, lot disease. Lack of talent. talent. L-O-T. That's, thank you. Uh, you can call it loft disease, but I didn't know if you're PG or R here. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, it is a podcast, but we'll let, okay. we'll let listeners fill in the blank. Friendly and, talent. For, for, yeah. <laughs> for, and also for insight into my life. Um, Paul is often riding shotgun with me on many of our hunting trips. So I, I, I know when a dad joke is coming now. Yes. And I saw that one. A mile away. Yeah. 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 All right. So uh, so then, you know, w- college happened. And I, uh, uh, so I was, I was away from uh, Minnesota for college. I went out to Western University in Connecticut. No pheasant hunting out there at all. And then basically right after I got back, I went to law school. And I did hunt a little bit in law school with some buddies that had uh, some contacts down by uh, Northfield. They had gone Mm. to school at St. Olaf, and they had some contact down there. And I went down there a few times during law school, and I mean like once or twice a year during that time. And then right after law school, uh, a friend of mine from high school called me to let me know that he signed his kid up to play hockey, and then the administrator called him and said, congratulations, you're the head coach because you volunteered. And he goes, no, 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 I never played hockey. Yeah, that's too bad. No one else volunteered. You're the coach. Hmm. <laughs> so he called me. This guy I played soccer with, and he go, and his name was John Vick, and, he, and he, he calls me. He goes, Godfrey, Vicker. And I'm like, hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, what are you up to? And I said, not too much, just, just about to head out. Oh, good. Uh, where are you going to go? I'm like, I'm meeting a buddy to to go to the movies. Oh, good. I'm like, Vicar, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, oh, I signed up to be a volunteer at the Hockey Association. No one else signed up, so i got to be the head coach. I've never played hockey. I've played at the park, and that's it. I go, do you want me to help? And he goes, yeah, I do. And I'm like, all right, what time is the first practice? And he said, you know, Saturday at 8.50. And I go, okay, I'll meet you at the rink. And he went, really? Huh. And I go, yeah. I'll help you. And I, that was, I think, 1987. Huh. And uh, so I coached his kid. And then my nephew started playing a few years later, uh, Alex Jones. I coached him for a couple of years. I dropped back, went back to coaching mites for Alex Jones. And then about the time Alex Jones was getting to peewees when he was like 11 was when my kid started playing mites. So I dropped back again to coach mites. And I was... Uh, I was the, uh, the head coach hmm. and like when we were doing mites, I was the head mite guy. So I had to design all the practices and be there to run the circus, you know, the mite circus with 60 of your favorite six-year-olds on the ice at one time and 
six different coaches and six different stations, <laughs> trying to keep that straight. So, so we start a, a hunting and habitat podcast at a youth hockey. Yeah, youth. Podcast. Let me tell you more about my hockey career. So, 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 so ho- hockey coaching, and then it's kept doing that until uh, basically until my uh, oldest got out of high school, mm-hmm. and then I took a little break when he was in high school. Mm. Uh, uh, after he got done with Bantams, I took a break. And then uh, as a lot of coaching, they, they called me back, mm-hmm. right? At, right after Charlie graduated. Actually, he might have been a senior. They called me back and I uh, started coaching Bantams, B Bantams, and then ended up coaching B Bantams without a kid on the team for probably another 10 years. And then like all good coaches, the phone didn't ring one year. <laughs> uh and that was uh, probably about five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's when I had more time in the fall to uh, do things. And I think I talked to you about it. And I think you uh, took me out to Wild Wings to see if I actually knew how to use a firearm. And may- maybe and, did a little training run. Yes, yes. You did, you did some training with me and made sure I was uh, safe to be around and knew what I was doing. And then... Uh, Still uh, on the hockey thing, my brother was coaching junior gold, which is for the kids who don't make a high school team but still want to keep playing. But the important thing was he was the head coach, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I became a very good assistant coach mm-hmm. when I wanted – I was the Randy Moss of uh, hockey coach. <laughs> I played when you want to. I coach when I want to coach. So then I could start going off and mm-hmm. hunting when I wanted. Mm-hmm. And so I started hunting with friends and with you, uh, and then – my daughter got out of college and she was living with us and uh, they were starting to have a little bit of anxiety and depression and wanted to get a dog talking to their therapist that thought the dog would help and my daughter was like at that point I think two years out of college and then I knew they were going to move out Mm. and I uh, had this feeling the dog would be mine Mm. Uh, so the compromise I made with Cam was that we will get a dog and we will get a hunting dog uh, so that I can take the dog hunting, you know, when you're not around. And then I talked to you about German short hairs, and I think I talked to Billy about his uh, Brittany. His Brittany, and I think actually you told me to go to the breeder where Billy got his dog mm-hmm. up in Wisconsin, Saxon, Wisconsin. Saxon, Wisconsin. Anna B. Rose. Anna B. Rose. Yep. Greg Misoglia yeah. got the dog. When I turned 60, I got a new dog and a new gun. Mm. And started to hunt more regularly. And I think the last couple of years I've been getting out hunting wild birds probably uh, 15 to 18 times. And then going to game farm for a little extra training two mm-hmm. or three times on top of that. And tell me about Axel. Axel is a uh, American Brittany and he is four years old. And fortunately, he had a lot of talent out of the box, so he doesn't rely on me to give him uh, instruction. And also, fortunately, uh, you put me on to come into Wednesday nights with John Zeman. Mm-hmm. And for your national broadcast uh, <laughs> people, I live in St. Paul, and Four Brooks WMA is up basically almost to Cambridge, Minnesota. It's mm-hmm. 75 miles from my house. And when I tell people I drive 75 miles to go to dog training, they 150 round trip. 150 round trip. They go, you do what? Mm-hmm. How often? And why do you do it? Why do I do it? Because he has m- made my dog so much better, it's unbelievable. Mm. 
And, you know, right from when he was a puppy, I don't remember what to get at the grocery store, but I remember the first night I brought him to training, right? There's nine dogs on the chain and he's taking, taking dogs around a loop. And then I get there and I have Axel on a check cord and he said, let's just walk him out and see what he's doing. And we walk him out and I think he might've thrown a bird down to see what Axel would do with it. We're out there like for five minutes. He goes, all right. Go sit up on that hill near the trailer, and I'm going to run this other dog uh, at this launcher, and your dog can just watch and see what he's supposed to do. Mm. My dog was five months old. Mm. I'm like, okay, I'll go sit over on the hill as instructed, and there's no way this dog is going to pay any attention to what you're doing. Walked over on the little grassy knoll. I sat there with the axle on a leash. Uh, John had a bird planted in a launcher. He brought a dog around, and the dog pointed the bird, and then John went up and kicked at the launcher, and then hit the button, and the bird flew up, and Axel just about ripped my arm out of my shoulder Hmm. because he started chasing the bird. Hmm. He was watching the whole thing, Hmm. and that was one of those things. I didn't think there was any way, but John knows that kind of stuff. Hmm. He knows what what dogs are going to focus on, and and, uh, that's what we've been doing. We've been... He, John will run, I think, a little more often when we first started, he would run them with older dogs so mm-hmm. we could kind of follow along. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'd run them with your dogs so Axel could kind of watch and learn. And, and out of the box, Axel was good at uh, backing, mm-hmm. uh, honoring, so he didn't cause too much chaos right. when, when he was running yeah. with other dogs. So so you just finished. You're mm-hmm. dripping with sweat. It's warm. It's 88 degrees with 45% humidity. <laughs> Axel got uh, dunked with water before yep. running and after. Before and after, yep. What do you, you work on during your run? Uh, we, uh, John is doing two things for Axel. He's trying to get him to loosen up. He gets here in John's backyard, and he acts like he's taking the SAT test. Mm. He's very cautious. We're trying to loosen him up a little bit. But the main thing we've been working on is to get Axel... Uh, steady to shot. He's he, right out of the box. He was good at finding birds, and you're nodding because that's true. He's mm-hmm. good at finding he birds, is. and he was almost always after his first year. He was steady to flush. He he would not he would not creep up on birds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was last couple years been working on getting him steady to shot, and I think he is mostly. But like tonight, he pointed the bird. John launched the bird, and John shot the blank pistol. And he didn't move a muscle. Hmm. So. Uh, he didn't move until I went over, you know, John Release. said, you know, go get him. Mm-hmm. And I went over and healed him out of there. So I did that on two birds. And uh, the so very, so like me, two thirds of the time he was good. <laughs> uh, like, like, like. Coachable owner, though. Yeah. And then the third one he, he, he sat down on. He pointed yeah. the bird, but then he sat down. He was being mm. overly cautious. Mm. And. Uh, so, and that's the other thing about John. He's, my dog is sitting on the ground. He had the bird pointed, but he's sitting on the ground. He's not in the right spot, and he's being like Mr. Shy. And John walked over with a homing pigeon and locked its wings and kind of basically tormented Axel with it in front of him and got Axel's attention. And once he finally got Axel's attention, he uh, loosened up the wings on the homing pigeon and, and Release the bird. Release the bird and and let Axel give chase. Mm. Didn't make him hold. Didn't didn't make him, you know. That'd work. be hard for you to do in downtown St. Paul where you live. Yeah, yeah, it would. It couldn't do that in the backyard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the blank pistol would draw the uh, the police response. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
what's on the horizon for you and Axel this fall? Where where will you be putting this effort into practice? Well, I hope I'm going hunting sharptail grouse with you. <laughs> I hope I'm still on that list. <laughs> you have the dates for that. Okay, good. <laughs> good confirmation. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to do that and then uh i'll try and then the thing i'm going to do is try to do a little better job of uh well and then we're going up to Grouse central Camp. minnesota mm-hmm. up by uh north of brainerd yep uh to hunt grouse so i'll do that and then i'm going to do a better job about planning my pheasant trips i uh, last couple of years i've been too lackadaisical about it about kind of waiting to see what I'm doing that weekend and then going if I can and taking day trips down to Brown County or something like that. But I'm going to try to be more intentional about it. And uh, this is news to you. <laughs> My The other guy I go hunting with, Tommy McCarthy, yep. uh, has always been available because he's been on a job for three years. But he finally got a job. Oh. I didn't tell you that. Congratulations, yeah, Tommy. Now, he's going to work for a company in, based in London. He has to go over for 12 weeks of training, but it'll, he, he'll be back in time for hunting uh-huh. season. He's going in July. I thought maybe you were going to go hunt red grouse with him in Scotland. No, no, no. no. You work on that. I, you let me know when you get the invitation. Yeah, I, I've heard that's expensive. <laughs> Thanks for doing this, Paul. That's it? That's it. Okay. All right. I've had a lot of interviews, John, since you were you were on to open this. Um one, so I got three things to close. One question came up, um, two pups are out of your bloodlines, uh, Winnie and Nixie. And I asked a question of both um, uh, Chris and Callie, and then also Julia, if siblings, if their siblings recognize each other. And I'm curious that Julia brought you, well, you should ask John what his take <laughs> is on that. And I'm assuming you've had siblings before um, owned over the years. Maybe not. Because yeah. I've heard um, belief that you shouldn't keep mm-hmm. two siblings. Uh, you know, give me your download on, you know, overall your thoughts on siblings out of a litter. Well, if you, if you keep pups that have been together all their lives, I think you're asking for a challenge. I, I like to run them separately. Mm-hmm. And because they will bond. Connect with yeah, each they'll, other. they'll bond with each other, and um, it can be a little bit of a handful. But um, as far as these two pups mm-hmm. who have been separated, but they come together a year later, I really don't see much issue with yeah, that i that don't you're, you're, you're giving echoing. them a fair amount of credit as far as you know but you know these dogs they amaze me at every turn at what they're capable of it really they really do it's just yeah you know and uh it doesn't it wouldn't surprise me if somehow that you know somebody were to prove that oh yeah they they can tell mm-hmm. but um but as far as yeah it can be a real challenge if you raise uh, litter mates together. And uh, I think the best thing that you can do is, you know, it takes twice as much time sometimes to, to but to run them separately. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll get much better, I think, results with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, excuse me. We, we've had a lot of people here tonight. Oh, yeah. Um, what sticks out to you? Anything that uh, any big moments that occurred or things that uh, were beneficial? 
Yeah, I mean, I learn something every time, you know, we turn these dogs loose, you know. Paul's dog, you know, I'm just, you know, he's been working through some quirky issues of trying to build confidence and, and uh, you know, I'm seeing some things where, you know, we tried something a little bit different and uh, and I think it's working and you think he talks hockey there? coaching too oh, much? To oh, his yeah, dog? It, it could be. Yeah, there's, <laughs> he can be distracted and go off on a tangent every once in a while. He might, but uh, I've never we can noticed. Him, <laughs> we can keep him focused, and yeah, no, no he's he's great. Mm. You know. But um, no, it was fun tonight. It was yeah. warm, um, but um, yeah, I you know, I just like to see progress, and I'm you know. I just got gun, done running Gitchy for you. Yeah, man, tell me like, how Gitch oh, did. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, you know, she's just she's just a really nice dog. Well, I owe a lot yeah, to you. Well, you took her well, early on, introduced her to Bird and Gun, and and you broke no. her and turned it wool broker and got her no. uh, stand in her birds. No, you yeah, did a lot for no, me. She's she's doing great. What do I need to work on with Gitchy this? spring well summer into fall um you know i <clears throat> i don't I, to me i she's she's ready to start killing birds for her mm. and and uh giving her that reward because she's doing a nice job of standing mm. watching birds fly away and uh, getting them pointed now it's you know i like to like to hunt how we train and train how we hunt and mm -hmm. and um um she's she's ready to start rewarding her with yeah. with retrieves and keep polishing that retrieve on her you know i probably i think about i early season it's tough because it's warm mm -hmm. but and you've encouraged i need to run her separate from esky because mm -hmm. um, i think esky finds more birds than Gitchy, and I think that's because Gitchy relies on Esky to find more birds. Mm -hmm. And running her right. separate will reinforce she's got to use her nose. Right. Yeah, it always helps to for dogs to find their own birds. Yeah, we use the older dogs to to, to get the young dogs started, but once once they discover there's birds out there for them to find, it's always best to run them run them alone and have them find their own birds and build that confidence and so so as you may imagine this you know everybody that we talk to is incredibly appreciative for the amount of time mm -hmm. and expertise and your the the knowledge but also the demeanor with mm -hmm. which you share your advice but it's it's not going to be all going because no. i got a bone to pick with oh you. do you okay. i do yeah. Okay. Let me. The last it. big podcast you were on was with Travis, uh -huh. Frank, oh. the Flush, <laughs> and I always end every episode, John, with my signature <laughs> signature <laughs> saying, <laughs> and you basically oh, tore no. it to shreds. Oh no! Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, it's my opportunity. Follow to the damn dog. <laughs> Just, just follow. Go ahead, follow the damn dog, <laughs> and tell me why that's bad advice. <laughs> you didn't there know I was going to pull this a, out on you. Did there you? just needs to be a disclaimer there. <laughs> well, tell me the disclaimer. I see, I see young handlers 
who I turn my dog loose and I, I'm just going to stay right behind him, mm-hmm. you know, and that's all. And, uh, and, and I like to, you know, you dictate which way we're going. The dog, dog needs to learn how to pay attention to where you're going and go with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's all. That's just, <laughs> that's just, you know, and they, yeah, I see some where <laughs> the dog's out there doing her own thing and, uh, and doesn't have to because if he knows he's right behind mm. me all the time. <laughs> no, that's well. I, trust your dog. Follow your dog. <laughs> you, know, you don't have to backtrack because <laughs> you're right. There's some good advice there. And right. out of respect for you, this will be the one episode where I will not close with that. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I, won't, I won't close with that. No, no, I, no. I will say, listen, thank you for listening. No. And find yourself a friend like John Zeman. No. Thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. you, John. This this group of people that um, you're helping train their dogs with them. You're helping people get introduced to bird hunting, to dogs. And ultimately, there's uh, stickers from Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever and Rough Grouse Society and Ducks Limited and Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and Delta Waterfall. And you look in your parking lot of your... No your yard right now and you're introducing a whole group of people to a love of dogs and bird hunting and ultimately wildlife habitat conservation so thank you for being a good friend and and i won't close (laughs) with with my saying that drives you nuts (laughs) oh no no thank you (laughs) thank you bob All all right thanks for listening folks